everyone, and welcome to a new episode of ACC Tailgate. I'm your host, Will Dalton, a.k.a. Wilburn Gold. I uh, hope you all had a great, great, great weekend worth of ACC football. Uh, man, what a weekend. I mean, you if you're a fan of ACC football, which I don't know why you'd be watching the show if you aren't. Um, sorry about that. Got a little alert. Uh, that I might have been having some technical difficulties, but I think we're good to go. But no, uh, what I was saying, if you're a fan of ACC football, which I assume we all are, uh, if you're tuning into the show, man, you were in for a treat this weekend. We knew that going in. However, I will be honest. You know, the marquee games that... uh, The marquee games that, you know, you got this weekend, uh, Clemson, Miami, UNC, Virginia Tech, uh, they actually didn't end up being as competitive as I guess we had hoped they would be. Um, Oh, we got some... uh, Got some comments in here, I think. Sorry about that. Um... No, uh, Miami-Clemson was not as competitive as I think we had hoped. Uh, you know, Clemson ended up smacking down Miami. We're going to get into that a little more in depth uh, here in a little while. Um, Virginia Tech-UNC was not as competitive as we had hoped. Um, you know, it was, well, in my opinion, that one, I think that one was a little more interesting uh, than Clemson Miami was just for it ended up being that way just for the simple fact that uh, I don't know like Carolina had it in the bag like they they shot out to a quick uh, 21 points you know they were up big and then uh, you know then they kind of dropped the ball a little bit Virginia Tech would come back and then Carolina would pull out by the way we're gonna get in this more in depth a little later on in the show but can we talk about Carolina's run game for a little while? Like, that, to me, like, Travis Etienne is the prototype of what you want in a running back right now. I mean, he's that guy. But don't sleep on Carolina's run game either. We're going to get to that in a little while. But just kind of an opener there. I mean, the marquee games didn't end up being as competitive maybe as we thought. But man, like what just what a great weekend of college football, NFL football. Um, it's just so nice. And here's here's a little nice uh nice little uh cherry on top just right from the get-go here to start the show on a Monday. The ACC has again five teams in the top 25, and they have three teams in the top five. It's Clemson, Carolina, and Notre Dame, uh, and they've ne- and the ACC has has never had that in football, you know, ever since they've been doing the AP polls, which is just wow. I mean, it's just, I mean, we all we all love our specific teams. Obviously, I'm a Carolina fan. You might be a Clemson fan. You might be a Boston College. Don't sleep on Boston College right now either. Like, what a big win for them this weekend. You know, Pitt's got some things they got to figure out. Uh, you know, that's a tough loss for them, 
great football game. I mean, again, it was just the competitive, interesting games weren't even the ones that we were excited for. Like NC State went down to UVA and took them out. Boston College stunned Pitt. Uh, you know, Notre Dame beat FSU. And I mean, just uh, after so many months of no sports and after so many months of speculating, are we going to get, you know, sports? Are we going to get college football? Are we going to get college basketball? It's just so nice uh, to see all these great games going on. Uh, you know, it, last year was just such a disappointing year for the ACC in football. And to now have, I mean, it, they've literally done a complete 180. I mean, last year the ACC was so bad, and I talk about this a lot because, like, if you re, if you look back and you remember this, us AC, ACC fans, we know this. Clemson's credibility was literally in question because of how bad the competition was in the ACC. Like, that is how bad it was. The, like, the committee, and again, I mean, the uh, college football playoff committee, I mean, they're they're nitpicky like the slightest thing, and they might discredit you a little bit. Uh, but, I mean, literally Clemson. Clemson's credibility was questioned last year just because of how bad the competition was in the ACC. And now you've got three top – you've got three teams in the top five in the AP poll for the first time ever. And it's just – it's such – it's so – just really cool to see that. And I just kind of wanted to start off on that positive note before I actually get into a little bit of uh, constructive criticism that I have for Clemson. Like, it's hard to nitpick on Clemson because they're just such a complete team. Like, they had it on both sides of the ball because I, I, I talked about last time on Friday about how if Miami was going to be able to upset Clemson, which I thought – that they maybe could do, and I'm sure there were others that may, I mean, that thought maybe that Miami could pull it off. Uh, they were going to have to get it done both on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. And I know that's kind of cliche, but on a real note, like in order to keep up with Clemson, like you've got to have, you've got to be able to score points because I remember I, I was throwing this stat all over the place on the last episode. Uh, Clemson's only lost five games since 2015 and a few of those were in the national championship game and in four of those five losses they've at least scored 24 points so even in loss you're gonna have to keep up with Clemson offensively to get in there and and try and take them out uh the irony of that when we were talking about Miami last time is actually that's what Clemson ended up doubling down on is getting it done on both sides of the ball don't even get me started about Travis Etienne I mean, that Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne might be, they might be the best ACC combo since Tyler Hansborough and Ty Lawson, UNC 09 basketball. If you're a Carolina fan, I don't have to explain that to you. I don't have to explain anything more than just saying the duo of Ty Lawson and Tyler Hansborough back in 09, because that was Lob City for Chapel Hill. We, I don't think we've seen a duo. I know that's basketball to football, but it's just, I mean, we talk about duos and big threes and big fours all the time in sports, whether you're talking about basketball, less in baseball, you know, because pitchers are kind of doing their things, hitters are kind of doing their things. But in basketball and football, you know, we kind of get into the whole duos and big threes and big fours, whether that's a quarterback and the running back and the wide receiver, whether that's a point guard, you know, whether that's 
you know, we, you know, a big three and within the Miami Heat back in the day, LeBron, Chris Bosch, uh, and Dwayne Wade. We're always talking about, you know, teaming up. I don't think you've seen as good and as smooth and as powerful of a duo in ACC sports since Ty Lawson and Tyler Hansbrough until now with Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. And I mean, Clemson just doubled down on both sides of the ball. I mean, and I mean, I, I, I heard it, uh, you know, if you're, if you're an ACC football fan or just an ACC fan, you might, you know, listen to Wes and Durham, uh, on ACC network. And I happen to be tuning in. I don't listen a ton, but I happen to be tuning in earlier today. And, you know, they were talking about how, I mean, and it was a blowout. And I'll tell you, it was like, I think it was like 40, 40, yeah, it was 42 to 17. Clemson just blew them out, you know, just blew them out of the water. Um, and they were talking to Wesson Durham about how the Clemson, that, that wasn't even a representative of how much of an ass kicking it was. Like Clemson, beat them worse than what it actually looked like on the scoreboard. That's just how together they looked. I say all that to say this. um, Because I've got a little, a small, and take it for what it's worth, like, because we all saw it. We all saw what I'm about to critique. I know it because I sat there and I watched you guys on the Twitter feed all you ACC, Clemson, Miami fans, I read every comment when this was ha- when this happened because I just wanted to see how much of a big deal this was. And here's my only critique for Clemson, and I'm gonna st- I'm actually gonna start it with an analogy that I wanted to use for this, just because it it's something that I experienced, and so I wanted to tie it in just because I thought it was a good story and it, it kind of tied into this. And I think you might've had times in your life that you could relate to this. Um, so I'm a tennis player. I'm a pretty avid tennis player. And a few weeks ago, I mean, I, I like to think I'm a pretty solid player. So a few weeks ago I was playing a guy, uh, you know, he's, he's a good athlete. He's really quick. Like, you're going to get your money's worth. Like, you're not going to get a ball. You know, you're not going to volley or lob one over him that he's not going to get to. Like, so that is that adds a degree of difficulty. But as an as a tennis player, you know, he's kind of beginner level. He hasn't been, like, playing regularly that long. So I'd played him once before, and I wiped the court with him. Like, it – we, we play usually best two out of three, two, uh, two sets. It's all we needed. I wiped the court with him. So a few weeks later, we play again. I went out there to the tennis center where I play and practice. I was hitting off the wall, and he happened to be out on one of the courts taking some lessons. He was done. He came up to say hey to me, and I, you know, I wanted to play because you know, the more you play, the better you get. So I'm like, hey, you want to play? So we play. And I have a bad habit that I'm trying to kick that so I tend to like a lot of warm-ups and a lot of reps before I actually start playing the actual match and I don't always get that and you you don't get that a lot when you're just kind of playing pickup tennis you know if you're playing an actual you know USTA like an actual 
match, like whether it's college, high school, a tournament or something like that, an official tournament, you're going to get, you know, a good amount of warm-ups, warm-up serves. But when you've only got time to hit it around a few times for five minutes, maybe two or three serves by each one of you before you start, I have a bad tendency that I'm trying to kick that uh, I tend to coast a little bit through the first set, and I tend to get a little lackadaisical. Like, I don't hit my serve as hard as I should. I don't hit my shots as hard as I, as I should. You know, I'm not. I'm just not explosive like I should be. And I'm, I'm trying to kind of break that habit and be more ready from the get. Uh, but I did that against this guy, and I, I won the first set. I think it was like 6-3. And in the next set, because we're playing best two out of three, I tried to turn it up a notch, uh, several notches because, you know, I was kind of loose at that point. And I found myself not quite getting the, getting the explosion that I needed. And I was still kind of subconsciously just because I'd been doing it for so long. I kind of started getting a little, I was still a little lackadaisical. I was making mistakes that I know better than and should not be making. And I just, I was struggling to kick it. And before I know it, you know, you know, I, I, before I knew it, the second set was his, he won the second set. So we go to a set number three, same thing. You know, I picked it up more, but because I just, I had coasted, so long in the first set it just the lackadaisicalness and unnecessary mistakes never quite worked their way out of my game that day and he ended up actually beating me and I mean I learned a valuable lesson from that and so now I'm, I'm kind of kicking that and just going straight into it and don't take it basically in other words don't take your opponent for granted I say all of that to say this we all saw Dabo attempt to kick a 61-yard field goal when Clemson was already up a lot to a little with the first half basically over. They could have taken a knee. They could have run the clock out, whatever, however you want to do that. Instead, and I don't remember what the score was at the time, I think, I think it was 21-6. to six. If I'm not mistaken, it was either 21 to three or 21 to six. I think a lot to a little. Uh, instead of running the clock out, taking it to the locker room, and getting ready to come back out in, into the second half and keep the foot on the gas, the foot on the throat, Dabo tried to get cute and kick a 61 yard field goal that got blocked and returned for a touchdown for Miami. He got away with that against Miami. He's not going to get away with stuff like that. And again, I, I preface, I mean, this This is a, a the only critique that I have of Clemson right now. It's the only critique that I have because they played incredible. Like, that, again, like, this is just what I felt. And I just, it's the only critique I've got. You might be able to get away with that against Miami. And he got away with, again, I, I saw this. I've seen Dabo, and we all knew, we saw it happen. And we all knew, like I read the Twitter feed a, after this happened. We all were like, what, what are you doing? Like even, I'm talking like even the greatest football analysts, you know, blue, blue checks on Twitter. They were like, why would you do that? Like what, 
61 yards, Dabo. Not 31, 61. You're up a few touchdowns and a field goal. I th- like, what are, you, what are you doing? Just run it out, get to the locker room, get ready to kick their ass in the second half, And which obviously they did. That's not – I got a buddy. Um, I got a buddy whose name is Sebastian. Shout out, shout out Sebastian. I know you're not watching this. You may be that, but I'll, I'll find out. I'll, you will find out that I gave you a shout out. Don't worry. My buddy Sebastian, he is one of the most, both of my two best friends are probably the most, two of the most hard headed people you'll ever meet. They're two of the most stubborn people you're, you will ever meet. And he has this saying that it's like he doesn't bend on certain things because it's all about the principle to him. Well, in his own little term, it's the principle. It's the principle. He's got a really monotone ass voice. So I got it. What's up, guys? Got a few guys joining the show. Hope you all are doing well. But for him, it's the principle of things. And so it's not so much that Clemson got burned for trying to kick a 61 yard field goal when they really should have just ran the clock out, taken it to the locker room, and kept the foot on the gas. It's just the principle of it, because I'll tell you right now, you ain't getting a, and I don't know, and Dabo knew he made a mistake too, by the way. Like, we all saw D- Dabo was pissed. Dabo was pissed after that play. Like, you saw his reaction immediately, and then he did his best to compose himself for the little interview he did before heading to the locker room. He knows he made a mistake. Uh, so I don't, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't know that he would attempt something like that on an Alabama or last year's LSU or you or UNC or a Notre Dame. And we'll kind of get to that conversation a little later, but it, it's just the principle of you're not, you, you're not going to get away with that mistake against Alabama. You're going to, you can get away with it against Miami because there was no contest. I saw him do it against NC State at NC State last year when, you know, NC which NC State's actually looking like a football team now. They were able to beat UA, UVA, which I was curious. I was actually really curious about that one, uh, not to veer too much off topic, but if you'll recall, one of the things that I was kind of curious about in the NC State-UVA game was the fact that, all right, NC State just beat a ranked pit, I believe it was. Yeah, they beat a ranked pit. And they're two and one. Devin Leary coming in and trying to establish himself as the guy, the quarterback. NC State had a, a little bit of a quarterback issue last year. If you remember, Wolfpack fans, you know this. Uh, and I was curious to see how they did with this little thing called expectations because NC State tends to be allergic to success when they have any type of expectation in recent memory. And they turn around and they they beat UVA at UVA. So, and one of the things, you know, about UVA, I was curious is how they're going to end up picking up the pieces after getting smacked by Clemson. They got smacked by Clemson in the ACC title game. Uh, So, but no, Uh, last year when NC State was imploding and Clemson came to NC State's place, I watched it. Dabo, literally to the point where there was kind of a cold exchange midfield after the game was over. I mean, Dabo clowned uh, Dave Doran and NC State last year when, at, at NC State's place. He absolutely clowned them. So much to the point, and this is kind of back to what I'm getting at, 
He literally brought out a middle linebacker, a middle linebacker, to kick an extra point. Now, I think, I think he hit it. I, I think, but we were all up in the, uh, we were up in the media suite up at the top of the stadium. We were all just like, what is going on right now? Like, okay, Dabo. And I like, so he's not a stranger to making it sting a little bit when he's kicking your ass. So he got away with it that night against NC state, who was at the bottom of the ACC and imploding. He got away with it against clearly an inferior Miami team the other night who didn't even sniff upsetting Clemson the way I thought they might. Um, but you ain't getting away with that against Alabama. You're not getting away with that maybe against a UNC and a Notre Dame who are kind of, in my opinion, the two teams now. You know, it was four teams before this weekend. You know, it was UNC, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, uh, uh, and Miami as far as teams that I think could have been kind of second tier to Clemson's number one, and we were kind of all going to see who that was. Now I think it's just Notre Dame and UNC, which they don't even play till November 27th. I don't know who's hosting that. Um, but, yeah, so I don't know if you're going to get away with that kind of cutesy stuff against – those guys. So that that is my only critique. I'll take a step back now. It was just on my mind. That's my only critique of Clemson this weekend because other than that, I don't know who's stopping them, quite frankly. So, um, man, just what a week of college football. Other things going on in the sports world. LeBron won ring number four last night. Uh, I want to probably I'll probably talk about that a little bit to kind of end the show. I mean, I you know, like I've told you before, I'm very improv, and while this is an ACC show, I feel like I've been de- beating a dead horse on this. But I just really want to emphasize that you know we can veer off the ACC path. You know, we can veer off the ACC football path to basketball. We're gonna have to here pretty soon. ACC basketball. I'm so excited. This is this is the beautiful thing about the ACC foot about the ACC football world. Just like really, really being special this year. We we're so ingrained of the in the fact that ACC football is like really good this year that we forget. Holy cow! What about basketball? Because that's that's the sport that the AC is like the they are the juggernaut conference in college basketball. Other than a few SEC teams and Pac-12 teams, you know, Oregon, UCLA. We're not forgetting them. But the ACC has consistently over the last several decades been that conference. And the fact that we're so ingrained with the football side of things and the success that they're having in football right now just makes basketball so much sweeter, especially for me as a Carolina fan because, you know, we're going to be back this year. You know, Carolina stunk it up last year. It was disappointing. And I watched all you Carolina, Carolina fans uh, hopping off on Roy Williams saying, oh, he might should get fired. Yeah, you you, you people, some of you were saying that. I watched carefully. You know, every time Carolina would post something about their basketball team, oh, uh, I'm, I'm still here. I'm still in it. I'm through thick and thin. I don't care if they're the worst team in college basketball, and they were one of them last year. 
or they're the national champion, which they're back in that conversation, in my opinion. You know, 05, 09, 16, or uh, was it 16? Yeah, 2016, I think it was. No, that was the year they got upset. It was 2017 that they most they most recently won it. Through thick and thin, I'm still here. But I heard all you talking about Roy, maybe Roy. Bro, it was literally his worst year of his career. And it was the first losing record or first losing season he had had in I'm pretty sure like 10 to 20 years. Come on now. Enough with this Roy Williams might be past. Come on now. Come on now. But yeah, like basketball. You can already see. You can feel my energy right now. Basketball. I can't wait. And obviously Duke's going to be Duke again. I mean, because Coach K is the most. He he is the best, maybe in sports, at just evolve. I mean, this is why Duke is so good year after year after year. It doesn't matter. Like, you know, now it's a shooter's league more than it is you know, a big man's league like it used to be. It's not as physical just because the nature of the game has changed. Thanks, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Um, like, it doesn't matter what era we're playing in. Coach K, he's so good at adapting. And that's why he's you're never going to beat him, except for Carolina on occasion. Um, but, yeah, a lot of going on in the sports world. LeBron won his fourth ring. Kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of weird in the NFL – uh, really, I, I didn't watch as mi- many of the games yesterday as I usually watch. I didn't watch as many of the games as I usually watch each week. I, you know, I was kind of, kind of multitasking yesterday while I was watching. I did watch the Panther Falcons game. Obviously the Falcons just fired Dan Quinn. Uh, and then I did kind of, kind of hop on at the end of the Cowboys Giants game. Uh, when I was hopeful that the Giants, the sorry Giants, one of the worst teams in the NFL, would beat the Cowboys because I hate the Cowboys. But that would have been kind of a foul-tasting Cowboys loss. And the Cowboys obviously ended up winning it with a field goal from uh, Greg Leg Zerlin. But <sighs> yesterday was kind of like a, it was a bittersweet day for the NFL as far as like feel-good stories and uh, chicken noodle soup for the sports soul store, uh, soul stories as, uh, the host of the show that I interned at would say, um, cause obviously we saw, and I might get a little more in depth in this later in the show. We saw Alex Smith finally come back, um, from his, in, his horrible leg injury back when the Washington football team, you know, was the Redskins back in 2018. You know, that's the last time he had played. You know, damn near had his leg taken in half. I mean, just just a gruesome injury. And then then he comes back yesterday for the first time. And he, it was just active for the first time since 2018. And then Kyle Allen gets hurt. Uh, I actually I didn't I wasn't watching it. I just re- I was getting updated through social media. Uh, and Alex Smith got to go in. So that was a really feel good story. Uh, obviously, social media loves stories like that. You know, we love deep, deep stories. And then it's literally like, as we're having such a feel-good story in Alex Smith, the injury bug decided, all right, well, I'm done with him, so let's go over here to Dak Prescott. And Dak Prescott, we all saw him snap his ankle yesterday. Uh, man, I I felt – I mean, listen, I'm I'm going to be totally 100% transparent and honest. 
about this. I hate the Dallas Cowboys with all my heart. I love to hate them. I love to watch them lose, which they do quite frequently. But man, if you don't feel for Dak Prescott after everything he went through with trying to come up with a contract situation, and now he's trying to yet again prove that he is, you know, a worthy quarterback of getting paid a big, long contract which, you know, he was trying to do this year you know, uh, after that he got put on the franchise tag. And for that to happen, like if you don't feel – and you could see it. I mean, that's uh, – you know, I remember Luke Keekley after one of his, you know, last concussions, you know, and then he ultimately retired a couple years later. One of the last concussions he had, I believe, was at the Saints. And you saw him get carted off the field and he just was cr- – like just – he was – he was – he was – just a mess. Same thing yesterday with Dak Prescott. And if you don't feel for him, you you don't have a soul. If you don't feel, if you know the context of what Dak, I mean, you don't want to see that ever, but when you have the context of what Dak has been through, what he's trying to achieve, what he's trying to work through, you got to feel for that guy. So that's, it was like a bittersweet, you know, Alex Smith comes back and down goes Dak Prescott. And it's just, it was a tough one. Um, so, oh, by the way, uh, some big news. At least I think it's big news. And um, I mean, we're excited here at Chris Landry Football to announce this. We actually have, I believe this is our first sponsor um, in the, and they're in the sports betting world. And, you know, that's something. By the way, uh, before I talk about them a little bit, if you're into sports gambling and kind of getting that fix of sports gambling or you used to like sports cards back in the day, I'm here to tell you that sports cards are an inc- you might want to start getting educated on sports cards again because if especially for me because you know my means of income right now is I flip things on eBay like you don't see it in the shop but down here on the floor I literally have a few Nerf guns. I've got Uno from Japan. That's interesting. Uh, I got a PlayStation 2. So I flip things on eBay and I'm trying to get educated because I'm mean, obviously I'm a sports guy and I'm trying, you know, I, I just love sports. And, you know, the le- one of the things you're going to want to look at uh, as far as, you know, sports gambling is sports cards. I'm telling you. Uh, Really, really interesting investment to start getting in uh, right about now. You know, NBA cards are pretty big. NFL quarterback cards more so than anything else. Receivers are tougher. Uh, football's tricky because you're so prone to getting hurt. Uh, baseball playoffs right now, that's another one that's really interesting. I'm still trying to get educated. I'm telling you. And I, I'm gonna actually going to kind of uh, – because we all love sports stuff here. I'm actually going to kind of talk more about sports cards – uh, kind of as we go and as I get a little more educated. So far, uh, I've gotten a Zion, and you just you got to get edu- And I know I'm stressing this. You got to get educated and kind of know what you're looking for. I've bought a Zion. I bought I bought a Zion for eighty dollars. Flipped it for a hundred. I bought a Tyler Hero rookie. Uh, you know the star rookie for the Miami Heat, who just lost to the Lakers in the finals last night. I bought his rookie card. Uh, PSA 10 graded, and if you're into sports cards, you know what that means. If not, get educated. I'm telling you, you got to learn. You don't want to get burned on this stuff. Bought his card for 325 
flipped it for 375 and then I lost money actually because I bought a Fernando Tatis. Uh, the he's not a rookie anymore, but I bought a star guy, uh, star outfielder slugger for the Padres. I bought his rookie card for 200. Ended up losing money on that. He didn't end up going up like I thought he would. Um, ended up dropping that one down to about 150, and you know lost 50 dollars, but. I'm telling you, if you're into sports betting, sports gambling, get educated on sports cards. You can literally buy a $5 pack of cards and pull out a Zion, a Ja Morant, uh, you know, a Manny Machado. Uh, like, you, there's so many. Like, there's so much to get educated on. I could go on for a while, as you can probably see. It's, it's really exciting for me. But uh, if you're into sports betting, seriously, consider that just because it's fun. And I'm sure you'd probably get a kick out of making a little money on something you're passionate about. Um, but that brings me to our sponsor. I believe it's our first sponsor here uh, with Chris Landry Football. And, you know, ACC Tailgate and all the other shows uh, here on Chris Landry Football were sponsored now by American Betting Experts. It's one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the United States. Uh, we've basically teamed with them to provide to provide special gaming offers to all Landry football followers and podcast listeners such as yourselves. And, you know, here's the directions here. Here's what you have to do. You basically go to our website, LandryFootball.com. You're going to click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page. You're going to pick amongst the gaming sites legal in your home state, uh, such as BT or Bet MGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, and PointsBet. You're going to take a look at all those. You're going to sign up and instantly receive an account deposit match or risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. So, you know, both sides of the spectrum spectrum there. It's literally that easy. Uh, and again, you just go to LandryFootball.com, click on the ad located in the upper right side of the page, and get in on the action with a special offer from American Betting experts. So really big shout out to them. Appreciate you guys supporting Landry football. Uh, that's really exciting news for us. And we're trying to, you know, you know, Landry football kind of getting off the ground here with all our different shows, you know, this one, uh, I know for sure. And, uh, you know, we're trying our best to get some sponsors going and, uh, you know, again, just really build a great community here. So be sure to check them out. Um, but no, uh, where did I want to go next? Oh, so I actually have a bone to pick real quick with ACC football's Twitter um, because they put out a list. Let's see here. They put out a list of like their players of the week. Let me see if I can pull it up here. And this is all in good fun. But they put out their, their list of players of the week. And you would think, and especially if you watched the Clemson-Miami game or saw the highlights of how ridiculous Travis Etienne looked, you'll know that you would think he would be in the conversation at least or something as far as running back of the week for the ACC's players of the week. He wasn't. And actually... This is a testament 
This is a testament to me being 100% objective about this because um, the running back of the week, which is what I'm talking about, was actually a UNC Tar Heel. Now, go figure. I will say, if you weren't going to give it to Travis Etienne, you better give it to one of uh, the Carolina running backs, be that Williams or be that who they gave it to, Michael Carter. Um, God. I'm going to get to Carolina and Virginia Tech probably to wrap up the show here in just a second. I just really, I really wanted to drive this point home because how could you not have Travis Etienne as your running back of the week in the ACC? Like one of the very things that we talked about last week, as far as Miami being able to pull off beating and upsetting Clemson, you know. One was being able to keep up with their offensive explosion, which they did not do. Two was you better be able to pass rush and put some pressure on Trevor Lawrence, which they did not have much luck doing. And third, which is where I'm going here, lock up Travis Etienne. Don't let Trevor Lawrence do his little tuck and duck screenplays and let Travis Etienne basically run you out of the game if you're Miami. And that is a big majority. Now Clemson played good on both sides of the ball. Travis or Trevor Lawrence played incredible, but a big, and I can't stress enough, a big reason that this was such an ass kicking was because of Travis Etienne. And somehow, some way he wasn't even on the list for running back of the week in the ACC. You literally had Bubba Bolden of Miami, the defensive back, who literally was chasing after Travis Etienne on many of those touchdown runs he had and just had to finally give up and let him take it onto the end zone. You had him as your defensive back of the week, but not the running back he was chasing. That's all. That's just the bone I wanted. That's the bone I wanted to pick. Like that it's fun, but eh. And I'm being objective because the the running back they chose was a Tar Heel. And I'm a Tar Heel fan. That's how much Travis Etienne, I think, and a lot of you think, because I read the comments, thought that Travis Etienne should have gotten that. So that's all I'm saying. Um, so now to what was basically considered one of the other marquee matchups this past weekend. Uh, you had Clemson, Miami, but then there was also – uh, UNC and Virginia Tech at Chapel Hill. Um, that one was interesting. I mean, obviously, I was excited as a Tar Heel fan. Start there. Um, and it was interesting because obviously, I believe Virginia Tech was ranked 19. Carolina was ranked eight. It was either eight or seven last week. I can't, can't quite remember. Um. But so you had two of the four teams at the time that was really in the conversation for, all right, who's second fiddle behind Clemson in the ACC? And it was an interesting game because, you know, it it wasn't competitive. It should have, you know, Carolina getting out to the lead, 21-0, I believe, that they got to, I mean, just out the gate. It shouldn't have been competitive after that point. They struggled a little bit with penalties. 
Um, I don't remember how many uh, penalty yards they ended up giving up. I remember it might have been like 100 and change at one point, maybe a little less, maybe a little more. I'm not 100% sure on that. But they they had a fair amount of penalties that cost them a good amount of yards for a little while. Uh, and so Virginia Tech, every time Carolina would get, get out in front of good ways, you know, Virginia Tech would gradually work their way back in and build a little momentum. And then Carolina would take it right back away. And then Virginia Tech would come right back. And then it really just became a shootout. I mean, the, I mean, the final score was 56-45. So, you know, Carolina finally pulled away and took it the distance. But yeesh. it was like Carolina played incredible. But it's like the moment the lack of momentum that Virginia Tech had so many different times like I'm not I don't know like I'm not the same way that Clemson played incredible but I was critical of their little attempt to go for that 61 yard field goal at the end of the first half Carolina played incredible they played like a team in my opinion more so on the offensive side of the ball than defensive in this particular game. But they played like a team that is is in the conversation for a team that could maybe give Clemson some trouble. Maybe. I think Notre Dame could be in that conversation too. Um, obviously, go figure, Alabama is considered the team that could give out Clemson the trouble. But I think Carolina and Notre Dame could sneak up and do some damage as well. Um but yeah, like uh, Carolina, Virginia Tech should not have been as into that game as they were so many times. Considering Carolina really just pounced on them from the get. I mean, I don't know. Like I just that because again, I try to be objective about this, and I just I don't know. Like I just feel like we need to see more out of their defense. And I'll say this. They answered the call because one of the things I was concerned about going into that game, and I had Carolina probably winning that, um, and, a, and a big reason that I thought uh, Carolina would edge it out is because uh, their quarterback, their starting quarterback, Hoover, I believe his name was, you know, he had been out for COVID, uh, quarantine and all that, and he just, I don't think he had had enough time with the team to really get a lot clicking. And I think that actually turned out to be the case because you saw him and I, I forget uh, the other guy that had been starting before Hoover. Uh, they were kind of switching in and out. So they kind of had a two quarterback thing going uh, for a good portion of that game. But that's one of the reasons that I thought Carolina would edge it out. But in order for that to happen, I remember saying that Carolina would have to, uh, they would have to get it going offensively sooner because, you know, they did not convincingly and fair enough because Boston college is, I mean, they just beat Pitt, which Pitt's kind of imploding a little bit. You know, they got stunned when they were ranked in the back part of the top 25 by NC state. And then Boston college stunned them this weekend. Um, So Pitt's got some things to figure out, but, I don't know that I would say Boston College is any slouch, but you know Carolina, a team of that caliber, should have beat Boston College a lot more easily than they did. 
And a big reason for that was Sam Howell kind of getting off to slow starts. Daz Newsom wasn't getting as much involved. Um, and the Carolina offense just in general, which is very explosive, which we saw, we all saw that. They were kind of getting off to slow starts up to that point in the season in the, in the couple games that they had played. Not the case on Saturday. Got out to an immediate 21-0 lead, I believe it was. Foot on the gas from the very beginning. But like I said, and, and I'll say this, and I this is why I think Carolina has some things to clean up. The penalties on the defensive side of the ball a little more, Chaz Surratt, uh, all those cogs need to really be working together on both sides of the ball. But I'll say this, offensively, I don't know if you could name, and you know, obviously top five team. I think Carolina. I believe Carolina's number five. Notre Dame's Notre uh, Notre Dame's number three, and obviously Clemson is one. I believe that's what the newest rankings are. I'll double check here. Yeah, Carolina five, uh, Notre Dame four, not three, and then obviously Clemson number one. Uh, I I just don't think you could name and go I I don't think you could name on more than one hand and probably less than five there are probably less than five teams that has an offense more explosive than Carolina like when Daz Newsome is sprinkled in you know I believe Daz Newsome is their their bomb threat I talked about this last week when Daz Newsom is sprinkled in to Carolina's powerhouse of a running game, Williams, Deami Brown. I mean, I I didn't realize. Maybe I should have. I remember Williams. If I recall, he had a he was a pretty solid running back last year. Um, but that running game, I had no idea that Carolina had that explosive of a running game, like. So that to me, I can't wait till Carolina and Notre Dame play each other, uh, which again is not going to happen until November 27th. <coughs> uh, because Notre Dame, they have one of the top ranked quarterbacks in the league. I don't know his name off the top of my head. Uh, Sam Howell, obviously one of the top, I believe, quarterbacks in the country as well. Um, Notre Dame, however, the reason, because uh, I looked this up today a little while ago, the reason I think Notre Dame and Carolina could get really interesting, you know, not only is because I think they're the two teams that are kind of in the, I think they're the two teams that are going to be battling for that second spot behind Clemson. Notre Dame also has a powerful run game as well. They have one of the top-ranked O-lines in the league as well. Um, and then obviously Carolina did what they did to Virginia Tech, and if that's a sign of things to come, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Sorry. Sorry. The rest of the ACC other than Clemson, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, because that was explosive. And it didn't stop. Like, you know how, like, you see your highlights, you know, you get a couple per game? It was like a few per quarter, especially in the first half. Like, it just kept coming. Every time I would get on Instagram, 
or Twitter, like it just kept coming in a new highlight. You know, Deami Brown did this. Daz Newsom did that. Williams did this. Sam Howell did that. Like just, ugh. us Tar Heel fans, we got a lot to look forward to. I'll tell you that right now, buddy. Um, but yeah, so I think uh, that could get interesting. Notre Dame versus Carolina. And again, that's not till November 27th. Um, and I don't think, I don't know about Notre Dame. I meant to look this up, but I don't, think I got to it. I don't think Carolina is going to play Clemson in the regular season this year. Um, there's only 11 weeks to the season. There's no – I don't think they ended up going with divisions this year just because of COVID and they had to tr- – you know, it's a little – it was a little different putting the season together this year, obviously, for everybody, not just the ACC, not just college. I mean, just everybody in general. Um so I don't think Clemson and Carolina faces off this year unless they meet in the ACC title game, which, God, that we'll find out. We will find out. But And by the way, uh, quick stat for you. Not uh, Quick stat. Carolina has not been ranked in the, AP, in the AP Top 25. Carolina has not been ranked as high as number five as they are this week. They're, they've not been ranked that high since 1997. And you know who was the head coach of the Carolina Tar Heels in 1997? Mac Brown. I'll leave you with that, Carolina fans. Other teams, you won't care so much. But Carolina fans, it's all coming together. It's coming together as I thought it would when, when Mac Brown squeezed all the juice he could uh, you know, out of what he had last year, you know, ridiculous amount of overtime, one possession losses. But I knew when Mac Brown is the incredible recruiter as he is, and obviously the, the record shows it considering, I don't remember if it was one or two, but Carolina had one of the two top recruiting classes this year in the country. I knew when Mac Brown finally got a hold of his players and got them in Chapel Hill. Oh yeah. I knew this could get interesting. So Got a new viewer here on the back half of the show. Welcome in. Uh, getting ready to just wrap up. But, um, yeah, I mean, incredible week. Uh, so this is kind of going to be, and just to kind of preface, you know, what to expect. You know, obviously this is a Monday, Friday show, 7 p.m. Eastern time to 8 p.m. Eastern time. Um, you know, Mondays are going to kind of be more hashing out what happened in the weekend prior, whereas Fridays are going to be kind of more of the preview Um at least in the football season, you know, basketball comes and you got games all through the week. But as far as football is concerned, Monday's going to be kind of hashing out what happened prior, and Friday is going to be kind of looking towards the party to come. Uh, and so we'll be kind of taking a look at the coming games this coming weekend on Friday's show. Um, just a few little sprinkles here at the end that I didn't, you know, have time to get to. Uh, Duke, Duke came out and they got a pretty nice win. Um, happy to see David Cutcliffe finally get in the win column. Uh, again, NC State finally they managed some expectations. They were there. I mean, they beat Pitt when Pitt was ranked, and NC State was able to go on the road and do it again this weekend. Obviously, UVA has got you know they've got some issues that they've got to fix, some pieces to pick up, and now more so now that they've lost to NC State. But NC State goes out and does pretty well. Boston College upsetting Pitt. Um, just a lot. I mean, just God, ACC football is fun right now. And 
and basketball. You hear that? You hear that? That's college. That's ACC basketball. It's coming. It's coming. So uh, I think that's going to wrap us up today. Uh, one more quick little shout out to our first sponsor here on Chris Landry Football. Uh, and if you're into sports betting, go check out uh, our sponsor, American Betting Experts. Don't forget about that. Uh, just go to uh, go to LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad that'll be located in your upper right side of the page. Pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your home state. Sign up and then instantly receive an account deposit match or risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. And it's literally that simple. So easy a caveman can do it. Not stealing that from Geico, but it is actually that simple when it comes to American betting experts. So appreciate them uh, and appreciate you guys for tuning in. Last week was our first official full week of the show. Um, God, I'm just so excited. There's a lot to look forward to, and I appreciate you guys. Uh, got two in here right now looking to grow and become a community. Uh, but as for right now, I'm going to sign off. Uh, Will Dalton, a.k.a. Wilburn Gold. I finally figured out, by the way, I, I, I figured out that's my uh, social media handle. I finally figured it out because anytime I, I come into the show, I always say Will I, I'm Will Dalton which is my actual name, a.k.a. Wilburn Gold, because that's always been my social media handle. And so that's kind of just, I guess, my trademark intro. I don't know. Like, I'm just saying a game show. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, so you, that's where you will find me on all social media. And then on Facebook, it's just Will Dalton. Can't wait to meet all of you. Can't wait to build this community. And just, just can't wait to keep trying my best to provide you ACC fans with more value. So until next time which will be Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern. We'll see you next time.